episode three, we have a really, really awesome guest with us this week. Uh, Laura Oakman, been in the sports broadcasting business for over 30 years. Dad, you've known her for what? Almost 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, she interviewed me when the movie was first coming out and being filmed in 2005. Mm -hmm. And I heard her on the radio for the Super Bowl this past uh, couple of weeks and uh, gave her a text and, you know, she's going to be our guest. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, stay tuned. She's an awesome person. Awesome interview. And, uh, you know, we hope you like it. Intro it. Like, you know, we're here with Laura Oakman, right? Yay. Woohoo. First official <laughs> guest after just myself and my dad. Um, so sports broadcaster, you are a sports illustrated, what, you're like a top person, very top influential person in the sports world. You're an Emmy winner. You are what, like the third longest tenured sideline reporter in Fox Sports or history or the sports, like, or what is that? In NFL history, NFL the history. longest tenure. And Gabby, can I say this already to you? Because one, I'm like starting to sweat. It was such a nice introduction. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> But this is like my most important thing to say. When I first found out that I was third longest tenured, I didn't know they they kept track of that stuff. So like I woke up to like a barrage of congratulations and I was doing a game that Sunday and I was like, what is this? And I looked and I was about to tweet an age joke because obviously I've you know been around and Vince will be proud of me. I stopped myself really quickly and was like, don't do that. Like, don't make an age joke because it's not about how long even it's, it's hard to get into this industry. It's harder to stay in this industry. And I very quickly went from wanting to make, you know, self-deprecating joke to like, it's the honor of a lifetime to be able to be doing something that everyone told me I wouldn't be able to do after 30. So it, so it meant the world to me for that one. You know, we were in church just the other day and, and the, uh, and the pastor, the, the pastorette, I got up and she said, you know what you need to do? You need to do the undoable, uh, make the impossible possible, but more importantly, that you have to break the unbreakable. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like, we've all, we've all had those, we've all had those dreams and we've all had those consequences where people have told us that we couldn't do something. I, I remember just Gabrielle, when she was just trying out for, for cheer at, at, um, at Syracuse, she wasn't given any time to learn to dance and, yeah, and, but, you know, so We've all been through that. So it's, it's pretty cool. Well, so did you start broadcasting when you were 30? You're funny. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you said when I was 30, nobody thought. And I was like, like you couldn't possibly be. You're so young. She's a Jayhawk, baby. <laughs> I don't believe that you're 60. I just don't believe it. <laughs> I would own it. I would own it if I was. But no, I started at, I started at 21 right out of school, although did it in college. But I would say this, what I should have said better is by the time, first of all, I was told you can't do it. You know, no one wants to hear a girl talk sports. No one cares what you say. And then all of a sudden you start doing it and it's like, okay, cool. A girl can talk sports, but you better enjoy it because you're not going to be able to do this for long because no one wants to hear a woman over 30. And then you hit 30 and it's like, oh. no one wants to hear a woman over 40. And I never saw women aging on camera. So that's why I'm so proud of it, which is I have an organization for all these women in sports. And there's so many more women than obviously there were 30 years ago when I started. But I want to make sure they see women plus 50. 
Like I want to see them not just on the air, but crushing it. And like, I want my girl, my girls around me to be like, not only is Laura still doing it north of 50, but Laura's living her best life. Like, Lord, she loves her husband so much. They're out doing all these great things, all these new opportunities. And I tried really hard to make sure I'm not just representing women in sports, but now I want to be a demographic of women. I don't want to say older women anymore, but I want to just say north of 50 who are showing the young ones how good it gets. Have you ever thought of yourself as a role model? I'm sure, and Gabrielle and I were talking about it, you know, Phyllis George, I mean, I, she might've been the one that broke the barrier. Totally. Uh, you know, have you ever thought of yourself being a role model? And, you know, who were some of your role models back there? Who is, who's on your Mount Rushmore? I mean, did you think of yourself as one? Do you now? Like, what was, did you have that trajectory? No, I just, I uh, just, it was there. It was, you know, it was an opportunity and, uh, and, and everybody said it can't be done. And I, I just did it. I took it. Wasn't trying to prove anything. And um, it was just, there was that gap, you know, and it, there was like a pie and there was that gap in there. And I had to complete that athletic gap for no other reason than just to do it. Gave it everything I had. And then, okay, I'll go back to probably being a school teacher. I never really thought, I, I thought I could make the team, but I never really thought I'd be given that full opportunity and as we saw in in Canton, Ohio when we were all together, you know, that the man who just got inducted gave me the opportunity of a lifetime. And, you know, we talk, Gabby and I, we talk all the time about those opportunities and you got to be prepared and and stuff like that. I think I I can't say I relate to you because Lord, I I have no I mean I can't imagine doing what you did um and what you're still doing. But where I relate is as you were being told, you can't do it, you can't do it, nobody has ever done it. And I've always been told that. And Gabby, you're still being told that in 2023. And you're so busy trying to do it. And you're so busy creating a life and building a life, your head's just down, trying to get one foot in front of the other. And so I think eventually when I started galvanizing, I started working with all these young women, I probably started realizing that I represent more than myself. You know, what do I say when I tweet? What do I, what messaging? So I, I didn't think about it as a role model, but I thought about, okay, a lot of young women are looking to me. And so how do I want to use my voice? And I was more intentional with who I am publicly, not privately. I think I hopefully have, um, once I hit 40 and my life, you know, changed completely, I started doing the work and got to a really wonderful, beautiful place. So I would say from 40 on, I've been very intentional and very purposeful. But I think that's when I started looking at a bigger picture than just myself and just stopped looking down. Like Gabby, I'm sure you're still in that right now. It's You have no time to look left or right. Who need, Who's doing it with you or who's behind me can I grab or maybe even who's in front of me who did it. You're so busy building this beautiful life you're building still. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually love that word intentional because I don't think enough people live an intentional life. They yeah. just kind of go along and they, you know, do the steps and whatever, but they're never intent, not as intentional with their words, with their, with their image, with what, what they're portraying. And I think that's something that the both of you have both embodied in your careers and your lives. You have lit lives, you've lived intentional lives and you continue to be intentional in your actions and your words. And you both broke through barriers. And so, you know, like on your website, right there in the front, you have impact, inspire and empower, right? And that's, I, you do that with the galvanize with teaching these young women or not even just young women, women in general. And what is it maybe something that you show them 
how to in, like live intentionally through those words. I hope just, I hope by being the same person, it doesn't matter if I'm leading a boot camp with them or giving a speech, or if I'm on a Zoom with you three, or you're sitting with me on an airplane. I, I, I think that took till I was 40 to go up. I'm not a reporter and I'm not a woman and I'm not a wife. Like it's just me trying to create my best life. I was so unhappy before I hit 40. Like Vince, when I met you, I was in such a depressed state and I had a great job. So if you looked at what I was creating, you'd be like, Laura's crushing it. Cause every box I created, I checked. So by the time I had met you, I'd been working Super Bowls. I was on a network. I, you know, I was, I was living the dream job. And I also was really lonely. I was really depressed and I didn't want to share it with anybody because I felt ungrateful and I didn't want to look like I wasn't appreciating this great job. And as a woman, like Gabby, if uh, like I still cringe when I hear women say that, like, I don't want to complain about being treated badly or not making enough money because I'm grateful. And I'm like, you can be grateful to have a job, but also want to be treated better, you know, and, and make more money and all of that. So I think um, I, I, I think what I really try to tell them intention with my intention is always making sure I'm very honest. And I talk about not just at this, that they're seeing me right now at this age and I've never been better. I've never been happier. I've never been more fulfilled. I've never been more in love, like all of that. But I also want them to know when I was their age, I was lost. I was sad. I was lonely and I didn't want to talk to anyone about it and kept it inside. So it's a great question, but I think probably the answer would just be, I try to be very intentional about my story to make sure that they see the work that's been done to get to this good place that I'm in. Yeah. Well, interesting. So you say you're so in love. What is the importance of having a strong partner behind you? I mean, I can talk to your parents all day about this uh, because they're role models with this for real. But um, I, I just, I'm one of those that gave up on love and just really thought I'm okay because I chose the career and I lost my mom young. She was, you know, 50, 51 when she passed away and raised me to get the career and get the life. And so I was so like, just stuck on that. And I think just so, I think I had a hole in my heart just after I lost her and I just was okay with knowing I wouldn't fill it. And so to find my husband after, you know, I think I was like 41, 42 and to be like swept off my feet for the first time and to truly give my heart, like for the first time ever, I would not, I, I, I just, I never gave my heart completely. I didn't trust people. I didn't want to, I, I, I didn't want to have a relationship. Um, I was so scared of being hurt and so scared of being left. And I remember when I started falling in love with Mike, I literally, we were just talking and I just like, went like that. And it's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, here you go. Like, yeah. I hope you're good to it. Like, but I'm going to do it. So whatever happens, at least I'm finally going to give my heart. So I'm so lucky that he was so good to it and is, but your dad can, you know, you know, test the, or uh, do a whole testimony to this. Yeah. I love love at this age and stage because I appreciate it because I don't take it for granted. I don't take him for granted and vice versa. And like our whole life is about since we don't have kids is nurturing our relationship and pouring water, you know, constantly watering the baby, which is us. And so now that you, that, you know, that your parents are empty nesters and have living a whole new chapter to their marriage, I'm guessing you guys had to do that too, Vince. Like 
hey, it's back to us loving and liking each other again. Well, we're semi-empty nesters, but don't forget you have boo you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was 47 when Gabriella was born. I had to convince everybody that my 29-year-old daughter is not my grandchild. I had somebody ask me the other day, they're like, oh, Vince Vitale, is that your grandfather? I said, he would slap you if he was here. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, Vinny's 26 and I was 50 when he was born. And, you know, it's funny what you said, it's funny what you said, Laura, because, you know, the the appearances that you have, you know, that veneer that's out there, that that facade that sometimes you carry, especially because you're in the public eye. You know, everybody expects you to be effervescent. Everybody expects you to be this or that. Well, you know what? I went through severe depression after I after I got done playing um, football, and then I was doing TV and re- radio uh, to the point where I had to go and I I had to get help. And just when I was in the in the pinnacle of that, who do I run into? But Janet, and 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 she, she you know, people would look at me and they say, "Oh, look at how you know great he looks good. He's in physical shape and he's all this and that." But mentally, back then, it was not all that good. And then. And now I've got my life partner, 29 years for crying out loud. Uh, she's a coach. We understand each other. Uh, we don't always agree on things. We have some great discussions, as Gabby will tell you. But my God, it, it, it's beautiful, you know. And I and 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 now and then then to have somebody like Gabrielle in my life, and then to have Vinny, uh, you know, in Italians, you know, you have the girl and the boy. You know, that's that's the perfect that's that that that's the perfect family. And um, here we are, you know, and I just, and I was just the other day, I was just saying how, how, how blessed I am. And I was saying this to Vinny, I was going to watch him. He's going to USFL, as you know, and I'm, and I'm coming back and I don't know, I, I started getting constipation of the uh, diarrhea of the mouth. You know, I just kept going, you know, with Vinny. And I said, Vinny, you realize how lucky we are and how blessed we are to have what we have right now. I mean, life's not easy. And then, and then I'm looking at it and it just here, Gabriella just, just to hear her speak the way she's speaking and, and, and do what she's doing just makes me so proud. And man, you can't put a dollar sign on stuff like that. It, it's as good as it gets. So, you know, you're only as pretty as you feel. And, um, you know, I'm 77 now, but I have a, ma- I have a mentality of like, I'm 35, 40, you know, and, and um, I'm going to continue to drive until <laughs> somebody takes me out, but it's going to be, have to be a big hit to take me out. I, I don't think that, I just don't know if you would have been able to have the second chapter of your life and this incredible life if you didn't go get the help and if you didn't do the work. And I just always love, like, I gave up. Am I, can I do a soft swear word on the show? Whatever your heart desires. Yes. Okay. So yeah. I gave up two things for COVID. I gave up assholes and I gave up small talk. Like, I was just like, I got no time, no time for either. And like, I like it. And so what I find is, when it comes to conversations and I try to teach, you know, uh, you know, all these young storytellers, not young, just all these storytellers period that I have around me, it's never anything good that you connect with people on. I'm never going to connect with Vince about uh, what he did. Like I can't connect. I can be in awe and I can be inspired, but I feel you and I hear you on the depression and I hear you and feel you on what did you do to do the work to get here? And as, right, as somebody who's told stories and done interviews for three decades now, no meaningful conversation comes out of good stuff. The end of the conversation is, and I won the Super Bowl trophy, or the end of the movie, but all that hard stuff 
is where you find Janet and where you find, you know, and where you find your joy and all of that. Well, that's, and, and it's also the trust factor, you know, and, and, and as Gabriella knows, you know, and it, I finally gave my fun, my, my total trust. We, we actually had what we call a come to Jesus meeting at O'Bar down in Palm beach. And, and I, this is, you're going to hear this and you're going to hear that. We had that and got it all off the books and now here we are, but you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But that's what I love with you, Gabby, that you get to see your parents like this. Like, I can't wait to hit my 50s, 60s, 70s. You know, like, look at how like, look at how confident you get. Look at how grateful yeah. you get. Like, all of that. And I think that's a new thing. I don't think that, like, Vince, I don't think you got to see that probably. And my mom didn't live long enough, but it's just aging wasn't portrayed that way. For us, it was like after 40 or after 50, like it goes downhill. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, look at everybody and, you know, just crushing it after, I don't know, after 50, 60, 70 these days. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, it makes me excited to get a little bit older because I feel like people our age, honestly, people my age, I'm all, I'll be 30 next year or at the end of this year, I guess. Um, and, you know, everyone's like, oh, I'm about 30. I'm like, I think it's so exciting. And it's just like your life just seems to can for a lot of people see like and you guys are both examples just continues to grow and kind of get better in a certain way and I don't think that there's anything to be scared about it's 30s you're still figuring out 20s no offense like I don't take anyone seriously till 40 like that's sort of my rule of like go figure it out and once you're 40 like then we can start really talking because you have to fail more and you have to learn more and you have to make every mistake but I love that you're hitting 30. God, I wish every woman would wrap her arm around those ages, that age, because 20s, you're just like, who am I? Who do I want to yeah. be? And social media and all of that. And I hope 30s is when you guys start really going, okay, I've messed around with this and who do I want to be in 30s? Now you get to hopefully be it. But spoiler alert, that's really 40s. She's a New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve baby, by the way. Oh, yeah. oh, wait, that, that's your birthday or that's when you were conceived? Okay. <laughs> no, birthday. <laughs> I used to call her TD all the time and everybody says, oh, isn't that cute? You, you, you know, you, you have a little football thing going with your daughter. I said, no, she's my tax deduction, my TD. <laughs> <laughs> <Just got her laughs> in. So good. Oh, that's oh, my God. always be my baby, though. <laughs> it's I was looking through my text before I jumped on to be like um how far did they go back but I don't think when you made the movie when we first met I don't even think there were cell phones then iPhones <laughs> did not exist that's for sure. but every time like if you look at our thread every time you and I text I get a picture of the kids and so like I was looking at like why I felt like I knew you the second that I met I, I met you when you were younger but when I saw yeah. you in Canton and I looked and was like, well, this is why, like, I have gotten pictures of you guys every year watching you grow up. And that just speaks to your dad, how proud he always is. Like, he can't say hello without like, look at these two babies. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> actually go back to that though. Cause we didn't really even, we, I mean, we did before we really started this, but so before I saw you in Canton, Ohio for the hall of fame, um, last time I probably saw you was when I was 12 years old or, you know, 10 or between the ages of 10 and 12. And so what was that relationship like between you and my dad or dad, you and Laura? You know, what was that first meeting like and how did that go? Well, we were just talking in pregame here. Yeah. Uh, you know, to say when I first met Laura and she was, whoa. And I was told I was going to be interviewed by Laura Oakman. And I really was not comfortable in front of a camera. 
And if you remember, if you had seen the movie Invincible, there was a great mud scene, the mud football, you know, the touch football scene. And um, and we had a tent set aside and they they put all the lighting up and I'm I'm like, I could hardly breathe. You know, we're in this little environment. It was really hot. And, you know, and I'm, and I'm talking and it took me a couple five minutes before I started to relax and and calm down a little bit and just start being myself. And, um, you know, now it, 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 it's so natural, but we, we go back to uh, to I'll tell you when they were shooting those, it was probably uh, September or, uh, you know, September of 2005, we we finished shooting the movie in 05. And, um, and then it came out at, right after uh, right after Halloween, we finished shooting. And then the movie came out around Labor Day of 06. Oh number God. one in the box office for a couple of weeks and done close to a billion dollars, I understand. So pretty cool. And that it still grows. It, it's, I, I just know, it's funny here. I, I love these conversations where you're like, wait, that was your side? That's not at all what I remember because I was so nervous. And the cool thing of doing that story was before I went to interview you, I got to call Coach Vermeil and I got to do my homework and read everything I could about your story. And I knew it more as a fable, you know, like that I knew it, I knew the legend of you, but I, I had never met you and I had never, um, and I wasn't, I wasn't watching that story unfold. So by the time I got to sit down with you, I was in awe. I mean, and you were my Mark Wahlberg. I didn't really care that he was on the set. I was very nervous and excited to meet you. And all I know is everyone just kept telling me how much I would love you. And it was like, Gabby, you know this from the minute anyone meets your dad, your mom's the same way, but it's just like, like, is he, is he this nice all the time? Like, is this who he is? Like, it doesn't seem real, but you were so gracious. <laughs> you were so gracious and so wonderful and made me feel so at ease on the set, introducing me to everybody. And I just remember just how wonderful you were from the second that I met you. I cool. never told you were nervous because you were great. Gabby, you know this. Like he was outstanding on camera. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you know, you just brought up a good point because I was I was a little bit of a segue and, and that was what as you're what you're getting ready now. Let's let's talk a little bit. You know, you've been on the sideline, you're doing all that. I was curious because you've done so many things and you you World Series, you followed the Bulls, you know. Uh, you know, and and you how many Super Bowls Super over Bowls, Olympics, like everything. You know, what one, what one stands out? Is there uh, that one event that stands out? I was going to ask that too. I was curious. Then can I give two different? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah you give two then. It, so here's the, I probably answer this every decade differently. Because I think for a long time, I would have said the Bulls, you know, traveling with Jordan and that the whole, you know, circus was, as a Chicago girl, was amazing. But here's the thing about aging is, I look back now at that time and I was grossly unprepared in terms of I was young and I wasn't ready for that. And that was a really big stage to get thrown on as a young woman. And so I look back and I probably feel more sorry for her when I look at that and go, oh, she wasn't ready for that. And what I remember is my best friend for over for two decades was Stuart Scott. And so Stuart and I, were we grew up during that time. He was at ESPN2, about to be on ESPN. He hadn't blown up yet. And so when I look back at the Bulls, it's, it's a young woman who was making a lot of mistakes, trying to figure it out on a very big stage and getting to do it with Stuart, which, you know, he still has my heart. So 
I would say that will always, always be one of my favorite experiences. But also now I would say I've called the last four Super Bowls for Westwood One Radio. And and to be able, I, I just thought for years I'd never call a Super Bowl. Like that had passed, that dream had passed, and I was fine with it. I, you know, I've, I've had an incredible career I'm very uh, grateful for. But all of a sudden, four years ago, to call my first Super Bowl at this age and this stage when I appreciate it, I really love that I hit that milestone late in life. That's pretty badass. That's cool. And, <laughs> and my head wasn't involved. Like yeah. all my other memories are, I had no confidence. So like I was doing it, but am I doing it well? Should I say this? Did I say this right? And now I'm down there watching a game, calling a game, and I have nothing else in my head. And that's pretty awesome as a woman who was told for three decades, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. So again, going back to the wonderful stuff about aging, I love getting milestones older when I appreciate them more and I'm more equipped to handle it because I can be present for them. Do you think that confidence really came from just, and like that not, you know, I don't care mentality came from the age or like the experience or is there anything else like, you know, maybe for somebody younger who's in the field, like how can they get to that point maybe before they're 50 to be like, yeah, you know what? Like I can do this and I'm confident because that's not easy to achieve. No. And I didn't get mine until 40. Like I had none until I was 40. I was on an airplane. I was at the lowest of my life and I thought the plane was going down and everyone did. So everybody was, you know, we're going, it was a small plane. It was a bad storm and a massive dramatic drop. And I'm watching people crying and screaming and grabbing for their phones and praying. And I just sat there and didn't care. And I didn't tell that story for a long time, but people would be like, well, because you accomplished everything. And I'd be like, nope, because I didn't care. And they'd say, because you were at peace. And I'd be like, no, I didn't care. And so that plane safely hit the ground. And I vowed at that moment, I'm going to start building the life that I care about. You know, God forbid if my plane didn't go down, if my plane ever did go down, God forbid. And so everything reset for me at 40 of, okay, I've got to not focus on my job. I got to stop hiding behind everybody else's story and everybody else's adversity. I've got to start focusing on mine and how do I want to get through it? So I say that to say it wasn't just age. It was the work that came with getting older and at Galvanize, the, the boot camps and workshops I do, which Gabby, like I have women in their fifties and in their forties. So it's, it's, you know, every age and stage, but we don't talk sports. We don't talk football. Even when we team with the football teams, we, we work on confidence and we work on confidence in ourselves and confidence in each other. And I would say, cause I don't believe in the fake it till you make it. I just don't believe in faking anything. So I do the do it till you believe it. And so like building that muscle of, of, of how your voice becomes the most positive voice around you because at some point at least for me for all these years people going you don't know what you're talking about i don't care what you're talking about nobody wants you here so at some point that becomes your voice mm-hmm. and so my work was making sure my voice was saying you do belong here you have a lot of value you are worth you know you you are worth this conversation you're worth this job and so that took a lot of work to do yeah right so overwhelming yeah yeah and the confidence you have now you know and and then when you're there and and you're interviewing somebody or what you're saying you know you said a key word when you were talking before and you called coach Ramil. you did your research 
So you're doing that now, you know, and 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 th that's that builds confidence. It's like putting together that game plan that you have. And when you go in, the more information you have and the more knowledge you have about what your opponent is or what your task is or what your vision is, then the better you're going to be. And when you said a couple, you know, you, the confidence factor, the trust factor. And when you can when when you can marry those together with everything that you're doing, you're invincible. And and that's the way that that's what I talk about when I'm on stage, you know, and I get up and say that to them. I mean, there's so many things, but they're really easy to do. But um, you got to work at it. It doesn't come easy. Well, I love a lot of pain, a lot of pain to get there. A lot of pain. And I love what you said, especially with your story, because that preparation to this day, I'm real confident what I do. But if I just showed up for the Super Bowl without without doing the work, I, I had no confidence. Like my confidence comes from being prepared. If you would have showed up that day at the stadium and hadn't done anything, just like I'd like to play football, like this story would not happen. It was all about the timing, the preparation, the trust, all of that, the confidence. But if you just showed up and how many people were around you that showed up and did no work, just thought I can do this. Yeah, they just thought it was a lark. Well, Gabby knows that too. So she had a cup of coffee with the NBA and had, you know, quite some, some interesting experiences traveling around the world with them. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's great. You know, you take from it, you learn from it, what you will. And then when your time is up, then you move on. Actually, that's a great, I actually do have a question for you because you're somebody who, so I worked in the NBA for five years. I was right on the court. I, you know, I experienced a lot of things. I saw a lot of things. And this is probably an unconventional, I don't know, you, you may have heard this, hasn't been asked you this before, I don't know. Um, have you ever been in a situation, because you're obviously, you're a beautiful woman, you have great personality, men are attracted to that, especially professional athletes. Have you ever felt yourself where you knew that, you know, you were in an interview or you were in a locker room or you were somewhere and you could tell that there was maybe a player or a coach that was doing something that was definitely inappropriate because you were a woman in like there, like, you know, hitting on you visibly. Um, and you know, like, do you ever talk to your girls at the galvanize about that and how to get past that and how to keep it at that professional level? Because I, I know a lot of people who couldn't. I would say for the 10 years that galvanize has been around and this isn't gap. I wear a galvanized hat, which is the organization, but I hope my mentor hat is bigger, right? Like you yeah. don't have to be galvanized for me to mentor, but that's the call I still get the most. And right. that's the I still get the most is help. And so, you know, like I'm in this situation and what I want to do in the workshops, when we talk about this and we always talk about this is let's go through all these situations before you're in them, because mm -hmm. that way you've already drawn your line. And you already go, okay, when this happens, and it will happen, mm -hmm. how am I going to handle it? And I needed that. And I had no women with me. And Stuart was no help with all of that. You know, Stuart would be like, you should hit him. You know, you should, you should. And I'm like, well, I can't do that. And yeah. it's like, well, then you should go report him too. Well, I'm not going to do that. And so you have to learn to navigate. Mm -hmm. And so anytime I'm interviewed and I'm asked how far sports has come for women, I'm like, and why am I getting the same phone calls that I needed to make 30 years ago? So mm -hmm. the answer is yes. And also, I hate to say this, but the answer is, or part of the answer is it never stops. Mm -hmm. I'm still in those situations, right? Because I'm building trust and I'm building intimacy and I'm building, I'm having people, men tell me things they've never told anyone before. That's kind of, that's what I do. 
Yeah. And that can get that can get confusing sometimes. Yeah. Like, wait, is this and there's an intimacy to it. And so it happens at every stage, but at this age, I know how to make sure that it stays at a certain place. But I didn't understand my superpower in my 20s and I didn't understand it in my 30s. And I couldn't understand why every time I made a man feel comfortable, then he was hitting on me. And so I had to figure that out. And how do I make sure that I'm that how do I make sure that I'm creating the types of relationships um, that I want to build that I'm proud of and also make sure that everyone knows what my intention is immediately. So there's a lot of gray in that, right? Like there's, it's a lot. And I'm sorry that you dealt with it because I'm quite sure you went through a whole lot. And it's like you said, it's players, it's coaches, it's owners, it's, mm-hmm. it's the industry. If you're in the league or if you're in broadcasting, like that's just a woman in a man's world having to learn to navigate it. And it's hard. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget this. I was working in NBA All-Star game. It was like 2019 in Charlotte. And I was back of house. It was All-Star Saturday night. And there was an A-list celebrity back there um, who was married at the time. I'm not going to say who. Um, and I saw him keep looking at me. And I was running around doing my work. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not paying attention to this. But I could very visibly see anytime I like look over the side, he was staring at me. So then I see his handler coming towards me. And I'm like, oh God. And he comes over, he goes, so-and-so would like your number. He wants to take you out tonight. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. He's like, do you know who this is? And I said, no, I'm very aware. I said, this is just very unprofessional. I'm in the middle of working. I appreciate the offer, but it's not going to happen. And I walked away. And, but I just know that that's, I'm probably not the only person he's done that to. I know I'm not the only person that those situations have happened to. And I know that the situation could have escalated probably worse if there weren't so many people around. And so it's just, you know, it's always interesting to hear from another woman, especially somebody who's been in it for so long, you know, how they handle it and, you know, whatnot, but it's interesting. That's for sure. You say interesting, your dad and I will use a different word because it's just, it makes me so sad. I don't make your dad angry. It makes me so sad because I Again, anytime I look back at my 20s and my 30s, I just feel sorry for, you know, for young me because I didn't handle anything great. Yeah. But I, but I felt like I was handling it at the time. But when I watch you all go through it, it's like I have a different level of anger. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't believe the men who are old enough to be your fathers usually. Yes. Yes. Put guys and who put women in those situations. And the fact that you had to be like, but thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the conversation. Yeah. I am not interested. It's That's the stuff that I know your dad and I are like yeah. boiling of like, because the answer is just, yeah, no, I'm working. You're married. This isn't happening. Oh, like, you know, I, I said no once. I, I don't, I don't think I should have to say it again. Leave me alone. You're creepy. But they don't, you know. <laughs> Was he old enough to be your dad? I would have taken a different um, definitely an old uncle yeah definitely an old uncle it's it's so hard but again what galvanized that's the stuff we talk about most and it's just take sports take I mean anything we could take any male-dominated industry that's just women learning to navigate this and I'm just so proud of you for being able to say it because most young women just don't say anything and then they carry that around I think I did for a long time I wouldn't share it with anyone except again, Stuart, who wanted me to punch somebody and I couldn't. 
So you just feel like, am I doing something wrong? Yeah. You stop talking about it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's good though. A name came up a couple of times and one of the greatest broadcasters and nicest man I've ever met. And that was the late, great Stuart Scott. And um, he and Ron Jaworski were together on Monday Night Football in 2002, comparing this guy that was chasing his dream to Rocky. And there was a feature that was done. And that's how the movie got started, because of your friend Stuart Scott. No. Oh, I didn't know. I wish I could turn my camera. I have the most beautiful picture of him, like, right over there in the office. And I feel so much like he's right here right now. Ron Jaworski, who is going to be coming on. Uh, with a podcast and you know jaws you've been around you I mean you see him at all the games and um oh my god you know when you said that my heart just went like that because what a nice man yeah. and you know and it just you've you've met some really tremendous tremendous people i'm sure through the, all the years that you've been out there look who i'm talking to i know <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool and now you're in nashville for crying out loud are you a country, music, a country music fan by any chance I'm obsessed. And you guys, it's weird as much as I've never been. I've been very good about, um, again, it was beaten into me 30 years ago. You can't be a fan. And so you were always making sure that you were not a fan. You know, you're just covering the game, but I am a ridiculous fan of country music. So I'm always meeting artists and being like, what can we trade? You know, like, let me bring you on the field in the first quarter and be my assistant. And can I come see you? So we have some amazing friends who are singers. And when we do a, um, a Fox game here, if we do a Titans game, I'll have my crew come and we'll, we're outside of Nashville on the lake in the country. So we'll watch the sunset on the lake and we'll have a recording artist friend come over and they'll play the guitar at the fire. And we'll just do like a Friday night at our house. Like, what Abby, who would you like that person to be if you were at that fire? <laughs> Wait, who's your, who, who would I like it to be? Oh, oh, who? Oh, gosh. Oh, man, I have a list. I don't even know. Um, well, maybe I'll uh, see that sunset, because I'm going to be there on Nashville uh, this month. I'm coming out for a one-day, two-day event to do a private signing. So you're going to be the first person I'm going to contact. Yes. Wait, who's your, who's your favorite artist out there then that you've gotten to spend time with? Oh. um, Or one of? Um, one that makes me laugh is, and I met him through my husband, is Jada Marcus, who's one of the Rascal Flats. I love Rascal Flats. So he is wonderful. And here's what's so cool about these guys. They're such big football fans. And so there was a time where my husband, Mike, and I and Jay were having this great conversation. We I was doing a Bengals Monday night game and Jay, the all the flats are from Ohio. And um we had he was there and we had this great conversation. We were on his tour bus of like the three of us and having a couple of drinks and having so much fun. And we started going, who do you want on the bus? And so it was kind of from the sports, from the football world and from the country music world. And so it was a little bit of like, I normally would never share, like, I don't like to gossip, but I was like, I'll tell you all day. If you're going to tell me country singer, like I'll do this all night. Yes. So that's what was really fun. But um, I, it's I mean, how great, right? Like, and all they want to do is talk football and all you want to do is talk country music. So it's such a great mix. And then you put a fireplace or a fire pit involved and it's magical. And you can oh. only do it in Nashville. You can. 
Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I'm so You're coming to the next one. Oh, well, I'll be there. Call me. I'll be on the next flight out. You tell me whoever. I'm like, I'm there. <laughs> um, okay. I like uh, uh, Toby Keith. You know, I got, I got okay. to know Toby and I, I know he's, you know, he's battling. So uh, prayers to him and Luke Bryan, you know, for all that he does and um, Cole Swindell. You know, they're, they're, they're my three favorite guys. And they're all such big football fans. And to me, it blows me away. Like, whoa, you're the legend. You know, it'd be called a legend by these guys. Are you, are you, are you kidding me? So anyway. I love yeah, we, could go, we could go forever. It's, I know. I mean, I'm like, we've already gone for almost an hour. I'm like, we got to let her go. <laughs> and, now, and if we talk country music, plan one more hour. <laughs> oh, my God. So, um, so tell us about what's going on, what's going to happen uh, now in your future. And uh, also, how can we get a hold of you on social media and that kind of stuff and and continue to get to know the real Laura Oakman? I, this is just incredible, the way you build your guts and to get to know. And it's not easy, you know, to, to you know, to let it all out, I guess. As yeah, you know, Um I, uh, what's next? I try never to think about it because you know this. If you would have asked me 10 years ago where I wanted to be five years from then, I would have never thought, I would have never thought I'd create an organization for women. I didn't have any girlfriends. Like I wasn't a girl's girl. So I would have been like, I don't know any women. Why would I start an organization for women? I would have never said I'd be, you know, madly in love with my husband. I'd never say, um, I would be on the speaking circuit, all these things in coaching that I love doing, I never saw coming. So right now with the football season being over, I'm really looking forward to um, taking a minute and enjoy my husband and our two pups and then seeing what new opportunities and new adventures come. But I will say my husband produces movies. And so after the football season, um, the last few years, we go move somewhere. And he, we're on location and it has timed up really perfectly with the season. So I'm used to my whole career. I bop in and I bop out. I never get to see anybody or have a life. I just go to the airport, hotel, stadium, airport. And so now with his life, we go to Santa Fe and we live there for three months and you get to be in the community and you get to know a place. So we're going to Las Cruces for a zombie movie. And then we are going to Santa Fe for an old school Western movie. <laughs> so that's yeah. right now what I'm doing. Well, maybe there's an invincible two somewhere in the future. Oh. We'll have to talk about that. And, oh. a, and a real story about Janet who wore that Jersey and represented the United States in gymnastics. So that would be that would be really cool. Uh, hearing well, it. I mean, somebody wants to get get away. I know you've got a lot of flowers. I got two or three, and you know, Gabby's big. Yeah. Gabby's my social media guru. I, you know, I have to turn to her all the time to help me with stuff. <laughs> I am on at Laura Oakman is all my stuff, and at Galvanize Life, L I F E is all my Galvanize. And I always say it with Galvanize. Everyone's always like, it's just for women which we are an organization of women, but it does not work unless we have great men who galvanize the women. Like I'm not trying to create a bubble. It has to be women learning how to crush, you know, crush the sports industry or whatever industry with great men. So I say that to say, please don't think you can't follow galvanize. If you're just a woman, we pre we create pretty incredible content. Yeah, it's a great, uh, it's a great pun. G-A-L, galvanize. We were at church the other day and they were talking, uh, our, our pastor, Joy, she was talking about leadership and and it was L-E-A-D-ership. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, be a leader. And that's that's what it's all about. Galvanize. I love that. 
What do you think, Ed? I think this is great. It was just like awesome. I knew yeah. it was. I knew it was the best. This is awesome. Thank you so much, Laura. We are so appreciative for your time and you know your honesty on everything. And sure, anybody who's listening will definitely get a lot out of this. So thank you so much. We really, really appreciate having you. Laura Oakland. Wow, so great. Thank you. Boorah. I cannot yeah, thank you yeah. guys enough. I, like this is such a joy for me, and to be able to sit and look at your faces and to be having this conversation, this is such a highlight. It, it's such a highlight. I am so, Vince. I will forever be one of your greatest fans and admirers, not just of what you've done, but how you've done it and who you have always been throughout this. So I can't thank you enough for always inspiring me. And Gabby, watching you grow up, you are magnificent, and I cannot wait to see what heights you keep on going. Thank you. <laughs> I will see you in Nashville. As soon as we set that date, they wanted to do it this weekend, but I couldn't because I'm going to be in, I'm going to be out in LA, but uh, it'll be sometime in March. So I'll be seeing you in Nashville real soon. Yes, please. Okay. See ya. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Have see a great you. rest of your week and night. Wait. All right. So you know where to find Laura, social media, Laura Oakman website, lauraoakman.com. If you want to stay up to date with us, Go on to InvincibleInsights.com, get our monthly insights and where you can find our podcast episodes. <music>